Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Last month, the stock market crashed faster than ever in history. We've seen the Fed and Congress take unprecedented action in an attempt to present an all-out economic freefall. So will we see yet another crash to a new low in April? We will share our thoughts coming up. This is Dumb Money Live with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McLean, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. Welcome to Dumb Money. Has it sunk in yet that we're living through a major historic event right now? This morning, word that more than 6.6 million more Americans now jobless in a week. That added to the 3.3 million last week. For some perspective, the biggest number we've seen before that was only 697,000 people, and that was 1982. So as far as the economy, we're all a part of this experiment of stimulus and monetary policy, unlike anything that has ever been seen before. Some people calling right now the opportunity of a lifetime to buy stocks at majorly discounted prices. Others are saying we're headed for a recession and a depression that will be worse than the Great Depression. I still fall somewhere in the middle. What about you guys? Yeah, uh, I think I think I am like just more confused today than I was yesterday, <laughs> which is more confused than I was the day before. And you saw that tweet I put out what was it on Friday that said if you know I had a lot of people tweeting me and emailing me what's going to happen next, and I just don't have a clue. I, 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 you know how much conviction I had back in January and February that we're headed towards this black swan event and a market yeah. crash. And then everybody thought I was nuts. I was like, no, I, re- I don't see how we get out of this. And now, you know, everyone keeps talking about these two camps, right? The camp that thinks, you know, the, the, the worst is kind of, we can see the worst and we're going to get through this and it's going to be a V-shaped recovery. And we have $6 trillion of stimulus. So how can we go wrong? It's just a matter of when, not if. Right. And so you should be buying stocks here, which yeah. kind of make kind of makes sense to some extent. And then you have the camp of and I have to give Jim Cramer some credit. And, you know, have I ever given Jim Cramer Cramer credit ever? <laughs> no, but, but I did see you tweet at him this morning. So, um, oh, I don't even remember what I tweeted at him, but uh, I, I got to give him credit in, in his in his uh, talk this morning. He mentioned that the unwinding of of the implications Right of of one business shutting down and what that does to the landlord and what that ultimately does to the bank, right? How that connects to the government, how that ultimately connects to other consumers and other businesses is actually more complex than the unwinding of mortgage-backed security packages back in 2008, 2009, right? So, and I think that was an amazing analogy because that's exactly how I feel right now. I spent you know, a few hours the other day, just trying to unwind it for myself in a very simple way. And I couldn't find the end to it. I couldn't, could, you know what I'm saying? Like I was trying yeah. to figure out unemployment. I thought unemployment would be up six to 7 million today. I, I, I totally nailed that because listen, you can't, 
you make more money on unemployment right now. Most people, most people make more money on unemployment than they do from their job. Most service workers, that is right. We've talked about this. Yeah. So why would you not file for unemployment? I think unemployment is going to be exponentially bigger than it was even reported today because I'm getting reports out of New York. People that I know that are trying to file for unemployment, friends of mine in New York, just got off the phone with one of them who told me they have been trying to file since early this morning and have not been able to get through that the website is down, the, the phone lines are down, they actually can, it cannot process applications today. What does that tell you? That tells you that New York was at 300,000 unemployment this week? No way. They're probably at like a million to a million and a half just themselves. Well, and we saw the same thing like last week, the number was 3.3, but then they had to upwardly revise that as more numbers trickled in and the the lines are bogged down at every unemployment office around the country. So, I mean, if you're trying to apply, you're trying to get your money, trying to take uh, advantage of this benefit that's available, the, the chances of you actually getting in in this first week or the second week is it's slim because, you know, I, I looked on the Texas unemployment website just to see and it is a, a, a it's a mess trying to even figure out which form you're supposed to fill out and everything. I I can't imagine that everyone who qualifies has gotten through that process yet. So I think that you know we saw it three three last week, six six this week. What is it going to be next week? Nine nine. So Dave, I'm having conversations this week with a lot of former employees uh, that you know no longer work for me. They work for other companies that just happen to be unemployed. Just ping them to make sure that they're aware of the $600 weekly guaranteed federal unemployment on top of the state unemployment. Yep. None of them had any idea that that was a thing. When I told them about that, they were immediately like, I'm going to go file. And, and they were trying to figure out how to file for it. They couldn't even, and I couldn't even figure it out. It was very confusing on the site. Exactly. And even I was, uh, you know, trying to figure it out on the website and reading through everything and they have special uh, a section to read. And then this page is going to be updated and this page hasn't yet been updated. It is a mess. And these numbers are going to get way bigger. I think they're going to get way bigger. And listen, so we, we talk about drivers of, of the market right now. Um, let's just talk about what the drivers are. Because I think unless you understand clearly what's going to drive the market, you can't really run, um, you know, you can't really run modeling or scenarios for, for, for what could happen. Um, right now, one of the big things that is going to drive the market is unemployment. That unemployment number is big. Now, it was expected this week to be somewhere between, you know, north of three, three and a half million. I think most people expect it to be higher than that, though. So it wasn't a huge shock when it came in at 6-1. Um, another thing uh, that is driving the market is oil, right? So this energy market has been insane. Now, have you, have you been watching this this morning? Trump came out and basically said that Saudi Arabia spoke to Russia. Uh, and that it looks like they're going to reduce production by 10 million barrels, uh, right? Maybe 15. Very specific. That's very yeah. specific, right? Uh, and so then uh, Russia came out in about, what, 20 minutes, 30 minutes later and said, we, we have not talked to them. You know, R Trump quoted that Saudi Arabia told him that they had a, conver they had a conversation about this. Russia says no conversations. And no one knows what to believe. And I think right now oil is still up. People are assuming that, you know, they just don't want to talk about it, but a deal is on the table. It's, that up, gets it's up big today, um, but in in history, we've never seen a an entire quarter as bad as this last quarter. Um, it was down, I think, 67% in 
we've never seen that before. So what it's maybe up 20% this 25 things moving so much like the Dow moving a thousand points every day is not normal, but it is the new normal. Everything is the new normal. We're getting used to this video conferencing instead of seeing each other in person. Yeah, but but it, it it is it is the new normal, and it was up twenty five, roughly twenty twenty five percent today, and that's a big deal because short term, if you want to understand what's going to push this market higher or lower, right now a deal getting done between Saudi Arabia and Russia to reduce barrels by any significant uh, number is going to be a major positive for global markets. Period. That's just it's going to be. Um, so if that deal happens. We will should see the markets moving considerably higher. If a deal does not happen, we should see the markets, you know, back then. I think I think everyone kind of saw this this happening. The oil market was actually up overnight, even. Um, so that was really the support today. If we didn't have that oil support today, I think well, the market would be down another five hundred to a thousand points right now. The Dow, yeah, and it was it was because the president tweeted about this. Uh, last night. And so that's the market surge just on a tweet. It is. And, and then, like you say, they came out and confirmed that these talks are not happening. Nobody knows. This is the. <laughs> no, but you have to assume. If you some... tuned in for any clarity, if you thought that this is dumb money knows what they're talking about, and this is going to be the episode where we know if it's the market bottom, or we know if it's time to invest, or we know if it's going to be another crash. Well, hold on. Watch the whole episode because later in the episode, we are going to get granular with actual trades that we've done over the last 48 hours on on stocks that we've been researching um, that are both long and short. I have some long and short trades that that I'll kind of discuss with you uh, just to get your brain working. And you guys should do your own research on these trades. Don't don't copy them. Uh, But uh, I wanted to, you know, I said something nice about Jim Cramer, which never happens. I do want to say something negative about Jim, uh, Rick Santelli, you know, on CNBC. He keeps yeah. talking about this. You know, if you take the baseball bats away from the baseball team, they're going to bat zero. So none of this unemployment matters. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he keeps saying it and saying it every time he says it. I just want to put my fist through the television because it's insane. Okay, so let me explain something to you, Rick Santelli. You didn't just take the baseball bats away from the team. Okay, if the team had the baseball bats, their batting average would be like 50 right now. It'd be sub 100, okay? So you just went ahead and took the baseball bats away because it was going to be so ridiculously low. Okay, yes, we shut the country down. Yes, that is why unemployment numbers are going through the roof. But if we didn't shut the country down, you would still be seeing unemployment numbers going through the floor. It would take a little bit longer and it would actually be worse because you knew they would be coming, right? Because do you think people right now would be employed by in this situation? Do you think people would just be going out to concerts right now and flying all around the world and doing all this stuff if we didn't force quarantines? Absolutely not. That is the dumbest statement I've ever seen. So no, unemployment is down, not because we forced it to be down as a country. It's down because of this, of this pandemic that we're in and the fact that people don't want to be out there, even if you let them go out there right this second. If you said, no, do what you want starting right now, trust me, it would be at least 70 or 80 percent as bad as it is right now. And then people would anticipate it staying bad and getting worse way longer. Right. And companies would be even more nervous because they'd be like, when is this going to end? There's no curve to dampen anymore. Right. It's just it's going to be horrific. So what the government did by by quarantining and, you know, work from home 
is actually probably helping long term, right? We all know that. Pull all the damage forward, right? Yes. Sending it out longer. Yes, but this this unemployment is real. Um, I don't necessarily think it's going to back this in, in, in sixty days. Do you? Do you think that like in sixty days everyone's just going to get rehired in droves? Like, I don't see no. that happening. And there's so much, and that that's just the uncertainty. I think that we won't really know anything until we start to see mortality rates decrease. That is kind of the, for me, that's the key indicator. So there is unemployment, there is oil, there is all of these other things, but that's the the effect. The cause is we need to, we need to see mortality decrease. We need to see the curve leveled. We need to see a lot of things that will be the, the reason that things happen. And I think that we will, you know, in advance of that, maybe the market will start pricing that in when we, you know, in predicting when that will happen, but we won't know for sure until we actually see it happening. So I did send one tweet out on that note, Dave, to get even more granular. And it was this this is basically the concept is that this this small business program that the government is three hundred and fifty billion dollars. And we have small businesses. Right. So my restaurant, for example, and your bar, we're both applying for that loan, that three hundred and fifty billion dollars. One tap into that. My restaurant is applying for about three hundred and fifty thousand dollar loan based on our payroll and what's allowed. Um, it's a forgivable loan. It allows us to pay our employees um, for the next, call it 75 days. Okay. Now, my restaurant actually has um, a little bit of extra reserves to keep, you know, some staff beyond that period to, because I believe we'll be bad beyond that period. But what I said was that in the absence of another stimulus package for a small business that extends that loan period and gives us even more money, or a a, a v-shaped recovery that is bringing everybody back to the world for the most part in early june june for let's call it june 15th okay uh, or early june um i think that 80 percent of small business in america will shut their doors by june 15th okay now i hope one of those two things will happen i and i think it's not going to be number two because guys do you see Everybody coming back in droves in early June. I would love to believe it. I just don't feel like that's a realistic possibility. I think we're more likely to see the government say, here's another $350 billion and give us more money for another 60 days, right? So what do you guys think? I mean, And that's why I, I generally think that we are, you know, we saw this little bit of a rally in the last, you know, last week. I think we're headed lower. I don't see the people going back to buying immediately. Even even once we're said, okay, social distancing, you know, still be a little bit careful, but you're, you're allowed to leave the house. Go just be careful at restaurants. You're not going to go to a restaurant. You're definitely not going to go to a crowded bar. And even if restaurants have to space people out so that tables are six, 10 feet apart, that cuts your restaurant capacity in half. Even if you are at full capacity at your restaurant, your revenue is going to be half and you make all your money on Friday and Saturday night when people come in as a nightclub at your restaurant. That's not going to happen. Small small business, the margins for every small business in America are like this big and every restaurant like that big. Okay. So like the thing about Wall Street is they don't really understand small business they don't, most of them don't own a small business. They're not invested in small businesses. They don't actually see it. They're not on the ground, right, w- with us. So, like, I'm telling you that one of those two things has to happen or June 15th, forget about it. I'm already getting calls from restaurant owners that know me 
asking if I want to buy the restaurant. I got those calls this week. Insane. Yeah. Jordan, what do you think? Do you see this? Either of those two things happening or which one? Yeah, I mean, what I think is that um, let's say that, you know, we get past this, the numbers start, you know, just drastically declining. You're still, I think maybe a, a third of, of people are going to be comfortable going out and just thinking, oh, everything's fine. I think you're going to have a lot of people that are cautious for a while, right? And so it's going to be a slow buildup um, to be able to start adding jobs. It's not going to happen overnight. Yeah, I think that people will be cautious to the point of, at least I know I'm going to be cautious. I, I'm not going to want to go to a crowded place even once we get the all clear. Yeah. yeah. And I don't see that all clear happening in any kind of a timely manner. You know, we, we're we now being told that the best case scenario is a 100,000 people die in two weeks. Yeah. That's, that's a very real thing. And, yeah. you know, yeah, something's going to happen in the next 30 days after that. Yeah, somebody mentioned a vaccine, and I think they're right. I mean, when a vaccine is out, which, you know, best case right now is what, spring of next year, then I think people feel really comfortable about going about their daily lives. But until that happens, you know, or if there's like an instant, if you just have like a, if you get it, if they figure out a pill that you take and it totally antivirals the thing, people will be fine. But but I don't think we have any idea that that's coming. And, and that's, I do want to mention this, you know, I felt like sentiment changed the day after Johnson and Johnson was talking about how they're ramping up production, ready to crank out a, you know, a vaccine as soon as a vaccine, you know, they, they have one that they think is right. And they're ramping up production just in case. Um, the next day is when the white house kind of changed their tune from everything's going to be all right to this is going to be a very difficult couple of week period. And that night I was on the phone with Chris. I hadn't really been watching the market that day. I just had to take a break from it. <laughs> and I was talking to you and after hours, we were both like, yeah, this is, the, this is the change from this kind of positive good things are coming to this is going to get worse before it gets better. And that that reality is starting to sink in. And during after hours trading, within minutes of the after hours market closing, that's when I bought a large uh, short position in SPY. And I know earlier in the day, Chris did the same. Yeah, I, I bought uh, I bought 200 uh, uh, put contracts on the SPY. And I had, I think, uh, I had at the time, I think 15,000 shares short SPY because I was kind of feeling like we're going to see a way forward. The timing was awesome because um, yesterday we got crushed. I got out of most of that this morning uh, a little later than I would have liked to, but I got out of it when the market was up like 200 points this morning. Um, so I actually still have 10,000 shares short on the SPY, which is not that much of a hedge against my crazy long portfolio. So I'm way long right now and I might go short again, but let's talk about these things. I want to make sure everyone understands the drivers clearly. So far we have the drivers we have are unemployment, oil, oil um, and then we have how long, how long the market perceives this will last mm. with more potential for more stimulus coming that, that that could counteract that right more stimulus so more stimulus coming would be a good thing mm -hmm. if more stimulus doesn't come and we see this stretching into june like beyond the, the early june that i think will be a major 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 negative and what's driving that is the curve right which is what's yeah. a lot of the stuff that jordan is doing jordan could we share your site with everyone or no is that just for us 
Oh yeah, that's totally fine. It's okay. just on jordanclean.com. Um, okay, this is really cool. So um, Jordan has worked, worked the last few days because you know we're not meeting with startups right now and not doing a lot of advisory to startups. So Jordan has extra time, so he can't stop himself. So he he, he created a really cool kind of uh, widget using uh, open source data that uh, to essentially do comparison, really cool charts and comparison data on uh, on on virus. Uh, excuse me, on uh, positive uh, ah, cases, right? And so what's really cool about what Jordan did, it's on jordanmcclain.com. Is that right, Jordan? Yep. So what's really cool is that you can compare a state like Michigan. What state do you have up there? Everything's compared benchmark to New York. So So this is the New York benchmark uh, versus the overall U.S., but then if you scroll down, you can pick any state. So we are in Texas. Yeah, this is cool. Texas. It will benchmark the Texas curve versus the uh, New York curve. And Jordan, you'll probably want to jump in and explain this because you'll do a better job than I. But this, these charts are uh, in a log scale. And basically, the angle of the line is what tells you. I should draw, put my hand this way, I guess. <laughs> the angle of the line tells you uh, how fast right. the cases are increasing. So well, the steeper, exponentially, right? And so to be able to make sense of it in your brain, um, we're basically just looking at the acceleration, right? So we've, basically, so we've uh, it's like doing a derivative or something like that, but we're just looking at the acceleration and we're doing it and we're normalizing these against each other by counting since the days that there was a hundred case, right? So um at day 15, you can see that, uh, you know, Texas was, you know, what, somewhere around 5,000-ish just by looking at this. And then, uh, you know, New York was at, you know, just sub 30,000, so probably 25,000 or so. Um, if you want on the numbers, you could actually see what the actual numbers are. But, um, but that's the concept, right? And you can see Texas is trending slightly better um, than New York at day 15 is kind of what that's telling you. Can we show Michigan day? Cause that was an interesting one. Uh, it, listen, it, guys, this is so cool. Cause in a lot of what's out there uh, on the internet, you can't really dive into County level data, city data, state data. And you can on Jordan's <laughs> Jordan's widget. And you can, I love how Jordan does the benchmarks to New York. Cause that's what everybody actually wants to see. So Jordan texted us last night and was like, hey, guys, Michigan's the new New York. And I, I actually sent that yeah. to my buddy, Jason uh, Rasnick, who uh, is founder or CEO of the company Benzinga, uh, who's in uh, Detroit. So I was like, watch out, man. Jo- Jordan's uh, scale here has this going, going way up in, in Michigan. So it doesn't look good for you guys. Yeah, I, but, I don't think that our uh, our viewer traffic is going to crash your website, but if Benzinga starts linking to this, Jordan, you might want to uh, <laughs> buy some more Amazon storage. Yeah, scale it up. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I don't think we'll throw it out there, but you, you never know it, Jason. Uh, now, now, can um, you compare individual counties with uh, yeah. New York? Is that what I'm seeing here? Is it compares the county that you select to a group of? Uh, Basically, just New York City, right? All the boroughs of New York City, and so it's okay. not actually the county there. I forgot what the county is and how that's all divided up. But basically, I'm just taking the way that New York uh, Times is presenting the data. I'm not yeah. collecting all this data. It's New York Times that's collecting it, and I've um, they've made their data source available for free. So that's how I've uh, you know compiled this chart. But yeah, yeah, and hey guys, if you're if you're following and you have some cool data sources, uh, feel free to share them. Share them in the comments. Share them with the community. Share them with us. 
Uh, like I said, Jordan built this for us, and you know, and it's cool of him to share it with all of y'all. So uh, it's jordanmcclain.com uh, if you want to check it out. By the way, someone had mentioned, I just kind of saw in the corner of my eye, uh, are you going to talk about Luke and coffee? Oh, hell yes, we're going to talk about Luke. Okay, <laughs> so yeah, I, lo- I love this. I love that I went on record during our last show, which was Monday, someone asked about Chinese stocks. And do you remember what I said? And we all talked about it. We're like, no, we're not investing in Chinese stocks because you can't trust their accounting at all, right? And so like, okay, it's one thing when everything was going great and we like, we're, we're searching for value. So you might want to pluck a Chinese stock because things in the, on U.S. markets were so ridiculous that maybe you throw some money in a Chinese stock. But during times like this, I absolutely had zero confidence in any Chinese accounting of any Chinese company. So absolutely not. And what happened this morning, guys? Uh, did you see Luke and Coffee? They basically came out and admitted they're, they're a fraud. They're a fraud. The stock's down 70, 80%. It's, it's insane. This is, people had been rumored They've been talking about this for months and months and months with Lucan having being accounting scandals and the whole thing being a fraud. And they essentially came out and said, yeah, yeah, we're fraud. So so you notice Starbucks is up today this morning because of this. <laughs> but, but but like then I saw a really interesting comment uh, on one of the Lucan chat boards, which is like, well, this is kind of good for Starbucks. But at the do we even really know if china if china likes coffee now because like maybe they don't even really like coffee maybe the whole lucan thing was just not nearly as important or as big as we thought it was in china so maybe it's a negative for starbucks i don't even know but what i do know is that i am not touching chinese stocks right now and i think it will be really interesting to see how the etfs that cover chinese stocks do over the next few days because it, will people just be pulling out of these Chinese ETFs right now? Because can you trust? And, and this is one of the biggest, most biggest stories coming out of China this year was Luke and Coffee. It's the Starbucks of China, man. This is like a huge story. Could you go bigger on that graph, Dave, to just show them like what it's been like the past year, couple yep. of years for Lucan? I mean, what a gr- look at that, man. What what a story there. Um, That's the one <laughs> chart right there. That is, guys. Fraud, fraud. I love fraud. I hate it. I mean, I love. I, 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 lo- I love. He's going on the record fraud. saying he loves fraud. I love uncovering fraud. I love uncovering fraud because I know it's out there, and I know there's so many more of these companies out there, especially in China. I don't trust them. Absolutely not. Uh, I'm not giving them any of my money. Uh, I'm sure there's good companies in China that do the right thing, no doubt about it. But you never know. You just never know. And by the way, it could happen here in the U.S. and it does. But but way bigger in China of, of an issue, of a concern. So that's why we don't invest in Chinese companies. There's the answer. Lucan, now you know. Um, I feel vindicated. Uh, <laughs> so um, do you want to guys talk about some, you know, so, okay, we talked about what the drivers are of the market. The truth is we really don't know which way these drivers are going to go right now. We, we, feel, we do think we know about unemployment, right? We think unemployment's probably going to be worse than the market is thinking. We yeah, think and, that- And the market already could be pricing that in. So that's, that's one of those indicators that I think that, that there's less question about. We know that unemployment is bad, will get worse before it gets better. I think it's probably worse than the market thinks, but we'll, we'll see. Um, I think today the it would the market would have been down significantly 
on that unemployment number because the market in general, most sell side banks all came in at three to four million uh, and it came in at six one. But the oil, the oil saved the market, right? This oil deal, this yep. possible. Do we know anything about the oil deal? We really don't know. I would lean towards maybe there's some truth. I don't think that, I don't think Trump completely made up a phone call. He probably exaggerated his phone call quite a bit. He imagined it or he dreamed it or, you know, who knows where that information came from. (laughs) It's possible. Uh, And then on the the last one, which is really important, uh, which is, you know, these charts that Jordan is creating and stuff, like how long is this going to last? All depends on how many more hotspots kind of happen in America. Michigan's a hot spot. Louisiana, we know. Uh, California, it's doing kind of okay right now. Will they stay that way or will it like turn? Texas, we're doing kind of okay, but I actually, you know, I spoke to someone, uh, you know, we have a lot of doctors in our neighborhood, a lot of surgeons, and we did our did my family walk yesterday, and one of the guys pulled over and was talking to us from 20 feet away in his car. But he, he had been in three hospitals in Dallas yesterday. And he told us that they were a little bit unnerved. They're preparing for the storm, but it hit yet in Dallas. Like, it, it was still, like, they didn't have a rush. They weren't overcrowded. It hasn't hit yet. So it was just fascinating to me because I kind of thought it would by I- now. They, right. My neighbor um, works at the Baylor in Grapevine, and she says the same thing. Basically, nothing's going on. Um, they've got COVID patients, but it's not overwhelming yet. Um, but they're you know, basically emptying out the entire hospital of anything non-essential just so that they have the beds if they need them. Well, Do Dallas you- was a little bit early to um, shut down restaurants and bars. They, they, were, they were not the slowest like you might expect they would have been, but other counties within the neighboring area – they were still, as of last weekend, saying that all businesses are essential. Keep on doing what you're doing. Go to go to work. Go shop. Uh, I think the mayor of that city owns some commercial real estate or something. It's it's just why why are we not just all staying home and keeping this thing as under control as possible so that Dallas hospitals maybe that's good. Maybe they will never hit that maximum capacity. But, but how about Florida? Can someone, could we talk about Florida? I don't, Let's this is the thing Florida. I don't understand. I don't understand. Florida has been the worst with social distancing, the absolute worst. They've had travelers in there, like spring break. They have old people, more old people than any other place in the United States. You would think that right now, Florida would be blowing up with COVID cases and I don't think it is. And that's mind blown to me. That's the one thing that keeps me really positive of, you know what? Maybe, just maybe there is a weather element because Texas and Florida mm. seem to be doing better than you think they should be doing right now. And I'm all the all the beachgoers at Florida, they just went, you know, they just went back to New York and <laughs> but but Jordan, here's the thing, they can't. If, if there's crowds in Florida, there's a ton of people that are still in Florida. It's one of the most popular yeah, states in the country. A little bit. I, I agree with you. And they'll get in the hospitals. The hospitals get infected. Everyone, the same way it happened in New York and every other place, right? So, like, what is going on? Can you guys figure this out? It makes no sense to me. It's positive. It's a huge positive, right? You have to see it as a positive. So either these Texas and Florida and California also kind of like you. I mean, California, guys. Tons of apartments in California, tons of like like travelers and international and all. 
LA, come on. I mean, do you yeah. see what I'm getting comment, at here? The commenters are saying it's the heat and humidity in Florida, but we just saw new data out of um, somewhere, China, maybe, that uh, there, there was that hot bath thing that um, there was a major outbreak that happened there. So, Well, I don't, listen, I don't know, guys. All I'm saying is, like, there's a positive side to this story that 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 you have to, we'll know, this will unfold over the next week. If, would you agree that if Texas... California and Florida, three monster states with mega travel, right? If these states don't get hit hard in the next week, that is a huge positive for the market because it means that, okay, it's just the northern states like New York, you know, Michigan, they're, they were early. They're going to come through this and maybe maybe sometime in June we can kind of start getting back and then the market's going to see the light at the end of the tunnel. I think that's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for the next few days. I'm studying yeah. those. I'm going to use Jordan. I'm going to be all over JordanMcLean.com with those three <laughs> states. Looking at them. Yeah, I'm a little every- bit hot. So World Meters. Um, I also like to look at those guys um, because they have uh, intraday stuff. My stuff really only updates um, at like nine or ten a.m. Whenever, um, whenever New York Times updates their daily numbers. Um, but yeah, I yeah. Anyway, I, I, I think it's, I don't know, there's a lot going. So we, at least we know, listen, <coughs> we talk all the time. You have to have a prepared mind, right? So Was that, was that a dry <laughs> talk? Are you okay? I just choked in my water. <coughs> so we talk all the time that you have to have a prepared mind. <coughs> you have to model out scenarios, right? So that's what we've done in this episode. Like, that's how we're thinking about this. That's how we're strategizing. We now know what to look for. <coughs> we, we think we know what's driving this market. And we will evaluate evaluate our short hedges intraday, all day today, all day tomorrow, if any of those three drivers appears to change positively or negatively. That's what's driving our decision-making on whether we hedge our portfolio zero or 100% or 120% or 50%. That's how we make our decisions. Okay, guys? So um, that said, do you want, let's talk about some specific trades that we've looked into and talked about. And a bunch of these actually came from our subscribers. And I would please, guys, keep when we end this episode today, obviously like the episode, please thumbs up it and, and, and hit the you know notification link. But leave comments. Tell us what you're trading. Tell us what you're researching. If we see something that's interesting, we're going to start researching it too. And then we're going to share that with you guys on the episode or in the comments. <clears throat> uh, you know, I wrote when I, I put this one line in my book that I, I think is really uh, prolific in how we think about research and institutions on Wall Street. You know, you think Goldman Sachs is a big staff and, and you know, Morgan Stanley and JP Morgan. Let me tell you something. There's Staff is not nearly as big as as what we have access to, right? If we collectively share our insights and research together as individual kind of retail traders, you know, also our backgrounds and our demographic background and our geographic proximity, we are seeing things on the street here in Texas, wherever you guys live, you're seeing things that these teams up on Wall Street working these sell side banks, these hedge funds. They do not see what we see. We have way more diversity if we collectively share insight and research and, and, and what we're seeing with each other through this channel, through the comments. We have more power 
right? More data, more research, more insight, more intelligence than any sell side bank on Wall Street or any hedge fund on Wall Street. And believe me, I know them all. I know them personally. We spent years working with these guys. Um, so don't think that we can't do what they do better. Okay. Um, so guys, have you, have you done stocks that you've looked at or, or I, I, we talked about the, uh, the beer, like, like, uh, Anheuser-Busch, I think, right. Uh, people yeah. were commenting on, and we had a little bit of an internal debate on our, our liquor sales and beer sales and wine sales, Constellation brands. Are they up or down? Is that a good investment right now? Is that something that we would invest in? What do you guys think? Yeah, I saw a headline, I thought, um, on a major news network that says that it's up temporarily. Um, Let me tell you yeah, about that, that headline. That news, so you, yeah, you, you know about this news source. So we were we were basically saying that alcohol sales are down. And then on the Today Show, I hear the you know first thing in the morning, their headline is alcohol sales are going up. And it's companies like Budweiser, because people are clinging to the low-cost essentials and... Uh, the the report also said that people are are buying stocking their liquor cabinets with uh, spirits. Um, but go ahead, Chris. So this is so funny because at the same time, I also had a friend that I was kind of ripping on when I was. They were like, "Oh, alcohol sales are up," and I was like, "No, that's only you that's drinking more. And that's not everybody. It's just you." And I was, and, but but and then they sent me the article, and they're like, "No, here, it's not me. It's everybody." And so I immediately said, "Well, let me look into this." I started reading the article. The article, which I think might have been today's show source as well, because it all hit at the same time, was all coming from uh, a research report that was based on a company that makes breathalyzers, and they are they're connected breathalyzers, kind of like the connected thermometers you keep hearing about in the news, measuring people's, uh, you know, mapping out where people are having fevers, and the breathalyzer data that was coming back. What was hot 38% higher than it had been the month before. First of all, who the hell has breathalyzers in their home? Or are these people that have to do it because they had a DWI? Like, what? Who are these people with the breathalyzers, the connected breathalyzers? And you're basing research off of it. You're going to tell me alcohol sales are up because your breathalyzer data was showing more alcohol on people's breath? That, listen, for a guy like me that spent 10 years uh, working in the market research industry, like that is the dumbest thing. I can't, even, I can't even believe people are writing articles on this. Um, so let's talk about alcohol sales. I, I've, been, I've been, I've been trying to find the the report and what they actually quoted. The this is uh, from CNN Business, uh, saying that alcohol beverages shot up fifty five percent in the third week of March compared to March compared to the same time a year ago, according <clears throat> to Nielsen. So this is a Nielsen report. So so here's the deal. So so what they're referring to, I'm almost positive, is is alcohol beverages at retail. Okay, so they're yeah. they're they're checking skews. Mm-hmm. Obviously, alcohol sales are going to go up at retail when everybody's at home and can't visit a bar, and so you're going to stock up initially. You're going to front load also, right? So you're going to front load all your when you're doing all that grocery shopping the last three four weeks. Everyone's front loading, but understand this: every bar, every restaurant, every every casino, every sports stadium, every yeah. concert hall in not in America, in the, the world. world yes. And, and that's the thing. 
<laughs> okay. And some of them are doing delivery and like whatever. It's just minute. It's nominal, a very right? small part compared to what yeah. has been historic. And and you're right. It is retail sales they're talking about. And all if you look at the percentage um that normally grocery stores and liquor stores sell compared to the social version of drinking at bars and restaurants and nightclubs and sports stadiums. It's it's a small piece of the pie has increased or doubled, but that small that small doubling didn't yeah. actually uh, change the bottom line. Now there was an interesting report, and and the one the things that moved up were the the generic things. So pre made spirits, um, ready to drink cocktails, were up a hundred and six percent buying at grocery stores. But <laughs> that, their their sales were like zero, like. And now they're doubled. Jordan, you said yeah. you're drinking a couple extra glasses of wine a week, right? I mean, so you, but you never go out. So it's not like you're, you're like, you're missing out on when you go out and drink at bars because you don't go to bars to drink out. So for you, since you're home, you're having an extra couple of glasses of wine a week, probably. But me, I, so I said, my alcohol consumption has mm -hmm. gone down. I probably average four drinks a month. And, and I think I had half of a beer the other night. And so I'm down by like 80%. Wow. On the, one, right? the other half of the beer. You know what? Like, I, I, I thought <laughs> I really wanted a beer the other night. So I was, you know, it's just, you know, I, I which is rare for me. But I, I have like nine beers in my fridge. They're probably six months old. I think this one was bad. It was Modelo. And I like having my Modelo with the lime. I didn't have any lime in the house because, you know, we're going through a pandemic and we're short on fresh fruit in my hey, house. I have lime. Oh. If you need lime, I can leave some on my porch for you. <laughs> and it just didn't taste the same without the lime. So I got halfway through it and I was like, mm, you know. And I was I was watching, uh, um, what's it called on Netflix? Uh, not I don't know. It was Tiger King Ozark? or Ozark. I was watching Ozark and I got into it. It was Whatever. So I'm down. I think listen, liquor sales are down. Beer sales are down. Everything's down. That's that's why you have companies like Anheuser-Busch trading down so much, right? And Constellation Brands. Now, are they good trades right actually, now? Bud is actually up today, just uh, for the record. Oh, today. That's probably on this report <laughs> that nobody read any deeper than the headline. No, but they're not. They're all down for the last month. Like they're all down off 20, 30% from their, from their eyes. You know what I'm saying? And the so, same, the same you, article says that uh, they're predicting that 20% of restaurants and bars will never reopen. And that's why I'm not like super rushing to get back into the alcohol. It's not like, not like one of my big picks right now is a rebound trade. I'm sure they'll rebound. Um, but it's listen, like we said last episode, we're looking for stocks. I think we all agree on this where the change in consumer behavior will actually have a positive lasting effect after this whole pandemic is over. If you think about uh, uh, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch, and Constellation Brands and wine sales, the change that this is going to have on society is going to have a negative effect because there'll be net less bars and restaurants. People will be slow to get back to partying and big groups and going to concerts and casinos. So like, I think that's actually a negative, not a positive. So we have other trades that we've made where we think the change in behavior will actually be additive even when this is over, right? Those are trades like, you know, ordering food from home like Amazon and spending more time streaming Netflix, uh, you know, uh, Roku, also Amazon from AWS, right? And can we talk about Apple too? Because we've uh, been watching the trends data on Apple and their products and 
the spike for iPad searches on Google is in unprecedented. Incredible. It's 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 like it's beating their December, you know, Christmas time. Uh, search Can you show product. the twelve month on that? The twelve yeah, month trend. This is great, guys. So, like, listen, we're gonna have some. We're gonna talk about some REITs here in a minute that I think are really cool REITs, but. But I agree. Let's talk about the, it might seem obvious, Apple, everyone's talking about Apple, but I truly think this is unprecedented. I mean, some of these, some of these search tags, when you look up search traffic for Apple, um, the iPad, and listen, I know this because the first thing I went to do when I realized my kids were going to be home from school for the rest of the year, I was like, I should probably buy them new laptops. Uh, of course, the school then said that they were going to let us take laptops from the school. So I ended up getting two laptops from the school. And of course, I hired like a task mm -hmm. rabbit person to go there and pick it up for me because I didn't want to, you know, be in a crowd. And then but, you emptied a can of Lysol on it before it came oh, into your house. And then you let it sit in isolation for two days. I know, oh, I know how your health operates. I'm, I'm trying my best to be uh, to follow your lead on that. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, I've uh, just about got the chart pulled up here. So um, it's not I, just. I, I, by the way, have ordered a bigger monitor so that I can do more of these more things at once. Um, that is that is my big purchase. For and what the, do you uh, what do you think people are going to buy with their with their uh, government stimulus checks, twelve hundred dollar checks, right? That they get or two thousand dollar checks to have a family. They're buying new phones, new laptops, new iPads, right? Look at that chart, man. Yeah, this is this is iPad uh, twelve months. Guys, guys, that jump is like almost at peak levels for Black Friday and Christmas week. Like, yeah. that is insane. That is insane. Like, you're telling me that Apple potentially coming off their holiday season, and look at, no one's so cool, but that, this is what's really important. People don't understand this about search traffic. Do you see how that last spike in, in March, how it went sideways? It didn't peak and come right back down? You yeah. don't understand how rare that is. is I, that I do because people are setting up their home offices and yeah, it's 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 sustained search yeah. traffic, sustained search traffic. Listen, this is all I do. All I do is look at data, right, to trade. That's all I do. And, and like one of my biggest trades ever was a trade on Netflix when the first Stranger Things came out. We remember Jordan through ticker tags. We were basically looking at mention frequency of people speaking about Stranger Things, right? Um, on Twitter and on various social sites. And we looked at every show that Netflix had ever made in the history of Netflix. And what happened with Stranger Things is normally a Netflix show comes out and it spikes and comes right back down. But with Stranger Things, we've never seen this before. It spiked and then went sideways. And for 30 days straight, 45 days, I think, straight, they just kept that same that same sustained level of chatter about straight. And we came out with a report at our company at Wall Street, and we said, we think Netflix is going to destroy earnings because this is the biggest driver that we've ever seen in the history of Netflix. Every other data shop on the street came out with a negative report on Netflix that quarter. In fact, Netflix is trading down big in going into earnings. Beat earnings because of Stranger Things. The stock jumped 20% after hours. It was one of the biggest calls we ever made. But well, the moral of the story is to get that type of sustain, that like that sideways uh, chart movement in search traffic is so rare. That means Chris, people I just want to buy point out that this, this, I pulled up the worldwide chart. We were looking at USA um, 
first. And the worldwide chart actually has iPad hitting that 100% line or almost at 100%. And it it was a you know multi-week run up. But again, these two weeks, it had an increase from the March 22nd through 28th to the March 29th through April 4th timeframe. And we are at 100 right now for iPad <sighs> worldwide. Guys, like what, just seeing that to me, just like what, like gives me goosebumps. Like, like I, I, I never see charts like that. I look for them. Look at that. Look at that. You never see a bump outside of the holiday season. It's never happened. Um, so like if they're truly selling that many iPads right now and truly selling that many MacBooks, because the MacBook chart looks pretty strong as well. Um, and, and so I think even the iPhone chart looks, they got a little bump there too. Uh, but man, this is unprecedented for Apple. So I bought an extra thousand shares of Apple. I got 5,000 shares of Apple now in my core account. I think I have another thousand in my, uh, IRA rollover account. So now I'm at basically 6,000 shares of Apple and you know it's risky having being that long in anything right now but the, the apple's one of my favorites coming out of this uh, because i think they're going to do strong reasonably strong through it now i don't, i think apple sales will be down we all know them. they're going to be down i just don't and think they're going to come down as much as people realize look at this this is uh remarkable this is the macbook chart <sighs> for 12 months that is <laughs> Oh man, that is an all that is a 12, 12 month high for MacBook. Gosh, it's 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 absolutely incredible. But here's the deal: I mean, are people searching online to buy online where they would have just bought in the store? Yes, yes. Well, yes, they are, and that's part of it. But it doesn't even matter. Still, the search you'll still see Jordan that the, the, just the general search traffic because people, as you know, they generally research before buying, right? So most people are going to buy an iPad. There's some people that's going to go to the Apple Store, old school, old school. But most people, whether they buy it online or from the store, they're going to start researching different computers on their computer. You know what I'm saying? They're and they're going to look at iPads and they're going to look at pricing and look at the competitors to Apple. And so, so this is this is. It's not a pure correlation between yeah. sales by any means, but it's a hell of a good signal for Apple. Um, so yeah, mm. Apple Apple's a big one. Uh, so another one. I need to got, buy more Apple. Clearly, I I have Apple, but I need to buy more. I know I'm Let, waiting to buy some Apple and Microsoft. I'm just like, when is the right time? Oh, I told you not. To you do can't that pick now. the time. <laughs> now, um, th this is another thing that you know, and I'm. I'm all over reading news stories and trying to figure out what other people are, are thinking. The stats on what happens if you stay in the, the market during a crash versus try to get back in. If you are a week late or a month late on getting back in, the, the like one year difference in your portfolio value is like double. It is like these stats that that I don't know who does this research or, you know, uh, you're always it's better being normal. early than late. You're always better being too early than too late when it comes to investing, essentially, right? Um, so, yeah, Jordan, if you're going to make a mistake, be too early, not too late. Yeah. Um, especially if you can if you can hold through the bad period, which you can. If you can just stay mm -hmm. in. That is typically the best option. This um, or dollar cost average. You can't go wrong with dollar cost averaging. You don't have to make any you can't. Big decisions. It's proven, right? it's proven not to be the <laughs> most effective method, but it is a good it idea. Is. This cumulative returns following a market bottom. So if you stayed invested, 
versus missing the first month of recovery or the first three months or six months. Look at that difference. In two years, your portfolio nearly doubles versus going up 50% if you missed that first month of recovery. So this is the argument for not doing anything, keeping all of your investments, which is what I've done. The only the only thing I've done is buy selectively more things that I want. And I'm still, I still have cash on the sidelines. I, I feel like I shouldn't be timing the market. I should just go all in. But um, this is... Well- well, Dave, I mean, listen, we 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 are we are active invest for the, right now. We're active investors. Like this is what we're, we're doing too all active, day long. Probably. We're, we're, we're too active, and and it's it's high. What we're doing is high risk. We're trading in and out of the market. We, this is not something that most people should do. But if you want to know how we do it, what the drivers are, what what how we strategize it, that's how we do it. Um, and I'm could, way less high high active than you. I haven't done anything other than. Uh, my spy short, which um, I, I also have 10,000 short shares. How is the spy doing right now? It's up. It's like the NASDAQ's up yeah. 2%. Uh, so, yeah. So, you know, it, it, like I said, it, the oil's propping it up and keeping it up. Hey, so there's another company I think we should talk about. This but one. Before we do, I, I want to remind people that we will be getting to questions in the live chat. So if you're, um, if you're standing by waiting for us to get to those questions, we're going to you know, start at the top probably and work our way down and answer as many of those as possible. And if you're watching the replay of this, we do uh, for the next 48 hours to 72 hours, we'll be going back and responding to comments that you leave below the video. You can't leave those during the live show, um, but the chat maybe is archived. Sometimes it disappears, but definitely let us know your questions because we'll be getting to those in probably five minutes. One of our followers uh, made, left a comment for us after the last episode that I read, and I was like, this is actually a really interesting uh, you know, stock to look into, Plantronics. Plantronics is a headset maker. It's a corporate you know, enterprise headset maker for and a corporate communications. They, they also own the company that does all the conference room equipment, you know, like those conference phones and stuff. So they're essentially... It looks like maybe the ideal company for this, right? Like like corporate headsets and corporate communications and and headsets and all that stuff. Plantronics, uh, the company's gotten crushed. They're down like eighty percent. They had a really bad quarter before the pandemic. They've had uh, a they really bad a quarter, multiple quarters. So they're they're they've they've not mm-hmm. had a great year, and they have been beaten down even more. But last week we were looking at Turtle Beach as a headphone play. Plantronics mm-hmm. is a they, they they make headsets. They also make the um, the boxes that the speakerphone boxes and and all of that yeah. sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So he, so here's the thing. I was wondering. I'm like, I you know, it seems like they would see a spike in business right now, and yet the stock is getting crushed. I mean, it's down fifty percent in the last couple of weeks. So. I thought, you know, it, this is one that's worth looking into at least because, listen, you know, uh, Turtle Beach makes gaming headsets for, for gamers. Plantronics makes headsets for for enterprise, you know, companies, for workers, right? And I, it makes intuitive sense that in, in this new environment, they should, I think, see a spike. But the company that was doing – companies that were doing really bad before the pandemic, I think the general kind of – uh, a sentiment is sell them, sell, sell, sell during the pandemic, right? Because if they weren't doing good before, then the pandemic happens. Now you really got to sell these companies. Yeah. But maybe that's unfair because could we pull up a Google 
search chart on Plantronics, just, just the, company, the company name, Plantronics. I think it's fascinating because you're going to see a spike. Um, the first spike in a very long time. So th there's a case to be made, I think, that maybe, look at that, that maybe Plantronics is a beneficiary of this work from home. And listen, love them or hate them at long term as a company, they might show a better than expected quarter here. And with that much of a downdraft in that pricing action on the stock, and I assume a ton of people shorting it, and like they could, you could see a big pop in this when the comp if 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 and when the company comes out and says, "Hey, guess what, guys? Our sales were actually up." Like, yeah. And I think we need to look though and try to figure out, you know, what their production capacity is, what their inventory on hand is, what the, you know, if we if we go back and look at some of their previous earnings reports, we should be able to get some data around that and have an idea of even if they had a lot of demand today. And they sold out. Are they sold out? And they can't do anything else for the next three months until they ramp up and start making more headsets. Because a company like this that has been going down, 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 and is getting beaten up, and it doesn't have a huge customer base um, over time, a giant spike in demand for their product overnight doesn't necessarily mean they're going to come back and be a winner. But Dave, here's the thing: the company was actually doing really well not that long ago. Like, look at their—if you do a five-year stock chart on them, like they were doing really well and just had a few really bad quarters. They missed expectations. They had a big acquisition that didn't kind of add as much as people thought. And then, like, just one—you see that? So, like, the, 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 but if you, no, that's one day. Here's here's five years. Let me take Amazon off. That's my benchmark. Yeah. Again. All right. So uh, so. No, that's, that's the spy. Oh, plan, plan, at P L A N. Tronics. There you go. P L T. P L T is a symbol. P L T. There we go. There you go. Okay. And five, this is uh, five years. Okay. So they were not, it was really just late 2018 when they started that kind of downward momentum. Um, but, you know, right up in 2018, look, I mean, they, they drove all up to 80 bucks a share. Now they're at eight. Listen, I did not do enough research on this company, but if you have time and you're looking for what I would really consider to be, this be an undiscovered potential a beneficiary of pan the, the pandemic, a stock that a, not, a lot of people are probably not focused on. This is a stock worth doing some research on. Make the phone calls. R look at their past conference calls, right? Uh, listen, listen to those calls. Read the transcripts. Call the company. See if they still have inventory. This is, I bought shares today. I, I bought a thousand shares of Plantronics this morning, uh, even though I didn't do the research, just because, you know what? I see enough. I'm just going to, it's a highly speculative trade. As I do more research on the company, I might pull that trade off the table. If I see things I don't like, I could double or triple it if I see things I do like. But I just, you know, I, I threw some money on a speculative position this morning. And I, I want to thank whoever whoever threw that one at us. Plantronics is a company I know really well. We've used it for many, many years at our companies. Um, mm -hmm. But it's not one that came top of mind. So it was a great, great addition. Uh, want to talk about some REITs, guys? <laughs> I, I don't know if we should talk about REITs today or if that should be what we talk about on uh, Monday, because there's, okay. Okay. there's an so interesting, we there's an interesting okay. play that we haven't really fully done our research. And you've done more than I have. Two. Uh, two I've read plays. the two articles that you sent me. 
We have two interesting REIT trades. We're going to save them for Monday's episode um, because they're not going anywhere in a hurry. I, I think I think they'll still be around at a pretty good price on Monday because I do think we need to dedicate some time. We need to talk about REITs, how REITs work, um, the upside, the downside, why we think these REITs that we found are super interesting. Guys, hedge funds, you know, I, I talked to a few of my you know, old hedge fund colleagues this week. And they are focusing deeply on the REIT sector, looking for value in the REIT sector. So um, that's what honestly got me thinking a lot more about this. I'm like, hey, if these guys are spending that much time, why don't I spend some time and maybe I can find a couple of REITs that I think are interesting. And, and we did. So we'll, we'll, Monday's episode will be all about, you know, what is perceived to be the riskiest uh, and the most at risk segment of this market right now during the pandemic. Real Estate Investment Trust. We're going to do that on Monday, and we'll tell you our top picks for REITs on Monday. Um, what do we have that's non-REIT? Do we have anything else we need to talk about, guys? Uh, what about – did any of y'all look into FLIR, FLIR? I did not. Did you guys what look at that company? FLIR. Uh, th that was another – FLIR Systems – uh, okay, this is what I want to talk about. FLIR Systems. They, they launched a thermal sensor solution for industrial monitoring and elevated skin temperature screening. Is that the right company? That is the right company. So okay. I want to talk about this because I have not researched it yet. But again, if you're watching this show and you have time and you're looking for an interesting trade opportunity, this is one you should research and share your research with us because I haven't started researching it. The thesis, the thesis that one of our subscribers had was that with all, once we go back to life again, that all these companies and the government and uh, concert venues and airlines at the TSA, essentially everyone's going to want to take your temperature, right, before you're allowed in a concert venue or before you're allowed to fly in a plane. Or how about this, before you're allowed in the office building, Right. Um, so what if that is because I'm starting to hear a lot of but have you heard the buzz about this? Like everyone's gonna be wearing face masks, temperature checks and stuff. They do it in China. What if that becomes a global thing? Right. What if that if that becomes a global thing? This company appears to be a company that makes that type of, you know, enterprise level temperature checking stuff. Now, I don't know if it's a tiny piece of what they do, a big piece of what they do. If it has potential to be a big piece of what they do. This could be an undiscovered trade that, again, is like one layer deeper than where everyone else is looking because you're getting ahead of the game a little bit. And that's when you could find the most interesting opportunities. I haven't bought any of this company. Um, I want to look into it. I think I'm going to let's talk about this in detail on Monday once we've had an opportunity to research it more. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite trades was you know, after 9-11, which is another kind of anomaly event. I, the second the market opened up, the second it opened up, I bought shares in this company that, you know, when you go to the airport and they take your luggage and they put your luggage through a separate deal, that was all starting right before 9-11, 2011. So uh, I was like, then, 2001, excuse me, right before 2001, that company was around. I bought shares as a public company, pretty small. And I was like, this is going to be mandated at every airport in the world, no doubt about it, because they were already trialing them in airports. Sure enough, it was mandated every airport in the world. And within like 
four months, GE acquired the company at like a two or three Xer for what it was trading at. But again, it was just kind of like, I was just a little bit, and by the way, right after I bought that stock, it like started go, everyone else started to get the same thesis. It ended up in articles. So what you're gonna see is this could be one of those trades that people start writing about in like May, right? And then like it starts attracting attention and then other investors get caught up in it. So you wanna get ahead of these things. I have no idea if there's a trade here, but now's the time to research it. So cool, we'll research that collectively and we'll talk about that Monday too. Let's just start flipping through some uh, comments here if you want. Yeah, what do you guys see? Uh, I have a T. Rowe Price 401k through my employer prior to the crash. I reallocated my investments to a conservative portfolio. Is now a good time to move to an aggressive portfolio? Well, okay. Uh, this is a good time for us to remind everyone that we're not financial advisors and you should not take it financial advice from us. Uh, we don't know what your risk tolerance is. Uh, we know what our risk tolerance is. So we share our trades with you. <laughs> That's all we can do is we can talk about what we do. And yeah. if you can apply that to your life and think about your own portfolio and your own situation, that that hopefully is is helpful. Um, this is me, a I'm, I'm also in not a conservative portfolio. I'm I'm in a fairly aggressive long portfolio with a fairly aggressive short position to neutralize. I'm I'm essentially sitting on the sidelines right now, and a big swing in either direction, I'm not going to benefit. Yeah, I, I think this is this is the type of situation where I intend to get more aggressive as we get through as we go through this process, right? So um, as we get through, we, we keep talking about this the bottoming process. If we see a point of capitulation, it gets really bad. We retest low. I can see myself getting way more aggressive. I already have. I'm, my portfolio is longer than it was three weeks ago by a mile, right? And so, yeah, I mean, for me, I'm, I have a lot of risk tolerance. So when events like this happen, I'm going to throw on the risk. But that's not necessarily the right thing for everybody. But that's what I'm doing. Jordan, how about you? Are you going to get riskier as a result of this for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think you have to, right? When the government's throwing around that much money, um, you know, it's – bound that some of it's going to end up in major corporations. So um, I think if you are fully sitting on the sidelines right now, you're going to miss out. Um, so I'm just, you know, I'm doing what you're not supposed to do. And I'm timing the market, basically. I'm, I'm, I'm going to drop and then I'm going to buy. But I know exactly what I'm going to buy. I've got about 10 stocks. I've got my list and I sit there and I look at them every day and just see, is this the time that I'm going to pick up more Microsoft? Is this the time that I'm going to go pick up more of all these, you know, things that I really want to have? Yeah. But you and, also and know how way, much cash I'm you need in the stocks that I want. What's that about cash? What's that? You also know how much cash you need to feel secure in your portfolio, and that's not you're not touching that cash. That cash is always going to stay there for yourself, right? Yeah. What I like to do is I like to keep enough. I mean, you know, I don't have a job, right? So um, I like to keep enough cash that I know that if a six month event or a one year event happens, that I don't need to go selling things um, to be able to live, and so. That's kind of how I, that's how I play it. I, I, you know, Jordan just never believes me when I tell him that this is his job. Like, like <laughs> the work that you're doing right now to figure out your portfolio and the startup company, you know, the 60 or so startups that we're invested in and consulting every day. That, that's a job, dude. That's a job. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's sometimes considered a full-time job. Hey, by the way, gig workers not included in unemployment claims. Stephen Malik is commenting that. That's not is, true. That's, that's not, not true. true. Gig workers nope. are included. 
gig workers have to apply, but it's it's everyone who applies that gets um, that gets counted as a part of that new six point six million yes. last week. Con your gig workers can apply and are are, are eligible for the federal uh, unemployment. I think I think now uh, state as well. I believe, but I know I know they're eligible for the state for the federal unemployment. Uh, contract workers, ten ninety nine, uh, independent business owners. Like it, this is this has never it's, happened it's an, before. It's a very different way of looking at unemployment because yeah, the pe people who work for themselves are now able to claim unemployment where they would have never been able to qualify before because they've never reported wages because they're not you know they're they're basically paying themselves as a part of operating their single person LLC or whatever it is. Uh, our buddy Michael Crockett says New York and New Jersey systems are down. I'm not sure which systems he's referring to. That's so what I, that, no, unemployment. I bet he's referring to that because oh, I told him, I was talking system. to a friend this morning, told me the same exact thing. They could not even apply, which was insane. Um, I have... But what that tells you is there's just so many people trying to use it right now. You know what I mean? And so, well, yes, yes, it, 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 exactly. Um, which which truly which truly is insane. Um, I'm trying to pull. I found the site that we can refer people to. It's essentially your unemployment. It's it's a central site that you can go to. It's called uh, careeronestop.org. So it's career. Uh, o N E one stop.org. And that will basically help you understand how this unemployment's working. And it will take, it will push you to your state site and stuff like that. I just had a text string that uh, some of my older employees were using that uh, this week. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? So, um, there was a question. And then I think I went over the question and hit the wrong button. So, how about uh, you know? There was a question about: um, Do we think that consumer staples are coming back? I believe that was. Um, we talked about yeah. That question is right above. Uh, so, so, so here's the thing, guys. Um, because I think that you know we just ended the worst quarter in history, and we're about to see financial results from companies during that time, but really just the last month of that quarter was affected. So these numbers are going to be kind of like, here's how these companies were doing back when things were okay. And then, then it started slowing down. What, what do you think about all of, you know, what should we look for in these earnings that are coming up? Should we basically so take this as the ones that are doing good are going to continue doing good? Or should we look at, try to look at the drop and, and what happened in that last month of the quarter? So consumer staples, what they're asking about, I think will be really good, right? We all kind of know that. Consumer staples, their sales should be way up, way up. But the stocks are trading to reflect that already. So people are expecting great earnings out of all the consumer staple companies. They're going to get great earnings. So I don't necessarily have – there's nothing there for me to arbitrage. I don't necessarily see a huge piece of meaningful information or data – that I think the market has missed when it comes to consumer staples. So I just don't have any opinion on it. I don't know how the stocks are gonna react, but for me, like, we like arbitraging data and information here. That's what we do. So there's not a huge opportunity for us there. Similar thing, Robbie Cope at 1108 is asking us about blockchain and cryptocurrency. Why are you guys not talking about it? People's faith in the monetary system is gonna come crumbling down. Let's talk about cryptocurrency. Guys, 
we don't know. We're not. We don't have cryptocurrency pedigree here on dumb money. It's not our thing. It's not what we do. We don't spend time on cryptocurrency. That doesn't mean that cryptocurrency is bad or that it's not the next big thing. We will talk to you about things that we have expertise in, uh, sectors where we that we've been trading for you know decades, where we have deep intelligence and we're able to arbitrage data and information. There are a lot of people out there that are really, they spend their whole world on cryptocurrency 24 hours a day. They probably have awesome YouTube channels. Um, I would <laughs> refer you over to them. We're not a crypto channel and we're just, we will never sit here and tell you opinions about something that we know nothing about. So when, when we don't know, we'll tell you we don't know. And when we do have an opinion, we'll share that with you too. We're very transparent and we tell you about every trade we make. It's And that's what's great about this channel. We get ideas from you guys. We give you guys, it's it's an exchange of information that um, I don't think we've ever had access to just random people telling us what they're looking at. And it's interesting for us. Yeah, I'll, ta- I'll take a uh, Wolf of Dubai, who's one of our regulars at 11-11. I'll, 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 I'll take one of those uh, fights, those boxing fights with uh, uh, Rick Santelli on CNBC. Uh, no, he, listen, I, I'm I just think he he's he means well, but I think he's missing the big picture. That's all. I mean, nothing against him. He just, he's just missing the big picture when he talked about you know Chicago Cubs not having baseball bats, and that's why they're batting zero, and that's why employment's up. It's not anyone's fault. It's the government shutting it down. BS. This is this is unemployment. You can't stop it. It would happen regardless of what the government did. Uh, Shopify. We should talk about this. J. David, eleven twelve. Shopify dipped a ton the last two days. I heard that part of that re- rationale on Shopify, guys, was that um, I was looking this morning to kind of figure out what happened with Shopify. But I, I know that Zoom uh, kind of Zoom kind of got popped right today, uh, for, and, and they were down. Zoom Media got down. And a lot of these kind of momentum stocks, like Sh- Shopify's kind of momentum stock, I think just kind of, kind of came down with it. I don't know of anything meaningful that happened to Shopify. I do know that they did come out and essentially uh, postpone, basically have no opinion on future guidance. So, and they reported earnings for like January, February, but wouldn't report on March, I guess. Wouldn't speak to March, which is kind of a, you know, but what do you expect them to do? I mean, listen, Shopify is going to be down right now. Uh, The stock is down. It's a momentum stock. It's a highly valued, the stock has, you know, the, the PE is through the roof. Uh, Is Shopify, listen, the reason why we love Shopify is we believe that if this, if and when, not if, when this ends, Shopify is going to be one of the leaders coming out of it, right? Um, When this ends, e-commerce will be stronger than it is today. Um, They're going to get hurt through the pandemic. But don't you guys agree that coming, once we get out of it, I mean, I heard some reports uh, out of Italy that people said that Shopify, well, like people were running to Shopify in Italy to set up online shops, like all the, cause like, and that's just a microcosm of what's happening in the world. Right. But, so you can't do business in your store. So you might as well open up a shop online and be able to at least do something. Right? And Shopify is how you do it, right? Shopify is just how you do it. So I don't see how they don't come out of this stronger. And it's one of those stocks that they're just hot, hot. They're on fire, right? Everybody, when we get out of this, everyone's going to want to be in Shopify, I think, just like they were before. So, and then the, you know. the Zoom that you, you brought up Zoom, I think the issue there is that there's been all sorts of issues with uh, security uh, popping in, security. Elon Musk came out and talked about it. 
Um, they're addressing that 200 million users this month. Wow, that's an insane amount of users for Zoom. I'm not selling my Zoom. And I always, as I always said, when we come out of this, Zoom is likely to drop and I'll probably double down at Zoom, on Zoom when it has a big drop when we come out of this. I do have my core position, I'm not touching it. I'll deal with it if it drops. Um, Shopify, I might add more. You guys, you guys, do you have Shopify, Jordan? If not, this could be a good time to pick some yeah, up. Yeah, I'm actually looking. I might buy Shopify today. Yeah, it's down 40-something points. I don't know if it's down less now. When we started the show, it was down 40-something, I remember. Yeah, it was down, and I, I own Shopify. I also have some Shopify calls. I was hoping to get some more, but uh, it, th those yep. are way out of the money now. But I do definitely want to get more Shopify. I Sorry, I had to jump into the... Uh, administrator interface so that I could block a spammer who was uh, filling up our stream. Sorry about that, guys. Uh, that person is no longer here. And I'm going to grant uh, administrative access to some people that I know. Leon, if you're uh, wanting to be an admin, I, I didn't. Uh, <laughs> yes, definitely. Hey, Lynn, hey Lynn's, Lynn's watching. Lynn, our buddy Lynn is watching right now. So he, 1113, uh, he's, he's telling us that Italy just reported another 4,600 cases and 700, 760 deaths. So they're, Jordan, it looks like you've been yes. on That's okay. I mean, at their height, they were reporting like six and 7,000 a day. So it's still, it's it's, it's a lot, right? but it's, it's going yeah. sideways now though is the problem. It's not, it, it, ha, it's, it dropped and then like went sideways, right? Yeah. Like it's not dropping sideways. more. Sideways. Yeah. So that's kind of concerning because I think the hope is that we went up and then we'll kind of come down. But the, what's happening is we hit that peak then we come down and it goes sideways. And if that happens in like New York, where we kind of hit our peak, go down and then go sideways for a while, that was there. Yeah, I know. Well, what I think is happening there is that, you know, the northern region was hit first. Right now, I think the southern region is going through it. So that's why it's kind of sideways looking, uh, even though the north is recovering a little bit. Um, oh, the sideways action is down south. Okay. Yeah. So it's basically like uh, another increase, but the. It, uh, Fourth July, it's gonna be the weirdest thing ever. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what we're gonna do for four. I, I, this summer is just a big question mark. We just canceled our kids' uh, summer camp right before the show yeah. today, and it's yeah, it's not gonna be great. Somebody brought up insurance. Uh, I don't remember who it was, um, but that's a good point. So like, there's mm -hmm. obviously fewer auto accidents. Um, mortality is going down, so maybe life insurance companies are benefiting. Um, so. So, yeah, I, I thought about this one, too, and I, this is one of the ones I promised to research and didn't. So we need to research yeah. this more, Jordan, between now yeah. and Monday. Maybe we can talk about this Monday. Yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, it, they're, they're, here's the problem with insurance, though, just, just to throw this out there. Uh, insurers make money by – obviously, they charge premiums, right? But then they take that money, and a lot of, a lot of them invest that money. Right. So they're basically yep. they're taking all this money just in case something happens. They have to have all this money. But that money is being invested, earning returns for the insurance company. Right. But so, then, like, you know, triple A bonds and stuff like that. There's no way they're doing anything risky with it. No, I was going to say, I think normally those insurers aren't even I don't know if they're even allowed to do triple. I think they have to do like treasuries and like yeah. money. Yeah. So so like to the since those rates are coming down to zero, that could really impact the amount of money that those insurers can make on their on all of your money that you're paying them that they have to hold in that that you know account. So that's a net negative for them. Obviously, also 
uh, you know, they are losing, they are going to see a hit. You're saying they're less people are dying because they're not dying in car crashes and doing crazy stuff. Is that what you're saying, Jordan? Yeah. But they are, we are going to see a pretty big, if we hit a hundred to 200,000 deaths from, from, from uh, this pandemic, uh, that would be a big deal for insurers. So I just got to, you just got to weigh. So far the, the death rate overall, like all cause mortality is you can, it's a visually stunning drop. Be- because we haven't seen a lot of deaths yet from the pandemic. Cause that the deaths are back weighted, right? From the pandemic. So it's like, we have the transmission first, the deaths happen like 25 days later. So even in New York, yeah. they're just dropped off. is so big that even, you know, a crazy number, like 200,000 deaths would, would impact it. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, yeah. So you again, like the you know the the they're still not dying in auto accidents, right? So uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's an interesting trade because the insurers are de- they're all down. Um. So we'll, well, we need to do some research before we can talk about it with confidence. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, Airbus is down from one thirty to fifty. That's a company we don't really look at since it's not a U.S. based company. But it's kind of similar to Boeing, right? I mean, 130 to 50. So, like, Airbus is Boeing without the 737 mess, right? <laughs> yeah. So, wouldn't, if you were going to invest in one of them, wouldn't you rather have Airbus over Boeing now? Because, like, Airbus could theoretically be back to normal within a year, year and a half, maybe, yeah. to get orders again. But it still kind of stinks for them because, like, if this thing lasts, very long and airliner airlines go down by the way what do you think about the airlines like i'm just I, you know i sold half of my jet blue i just got nervous and mm-hmm. i sold half Did of my you? ford yeah because I, I was just listening to a lot of this, these government the government talk about the stimulus and how they're treating the airlines and they're definitely it looks like going to take some warrants or some equity stake in them and then e- i heard even if they take all this money it's not a, nearly enough money if this thing goes even a little bit longer than we're thinking it's going to go. So if this kind of goes into summer and people don't like mm-hmm. hesitantly travel, like they travel a little bit, but not really like the airlines guys, I mean, they could definitely go under. Now I think JetBlue is the strongest balance sheet, them in Southwest and a couple others like Delta and American are bad. Like American's really bad, but the airlines I think could definitely go under for sure still. So I'm kind of, I don't know. I'm, I'm not in as heavy as I was before on JetBlue. No. Just saving yourself. I've got now. Are you still? I ha- I sold half, so I have like a yeah. thousand shares of JetBlue or 500 or something like that. I just, but I'm gonna. I'm, I might sell that too. I just have to see. I gotta. I gotta spend more time thinking about it. You're probably about even on it right now. So. Yeah. Publicly traded. How about a 1212 boundless publicly traded psychedelic companies? Mind men. And champignon brand are, are those the mushroom companies? Like, I don't know. I, I, I think so. Oh, by the way, I had a meeting yesterday, a phone meeting, a Zoom meeting, uh, with one of my venture capital colleagues out in the Bay Area, San Francisco, and he uh, is invested in one of these uh, cannabis software companies, one of the big ones, and told me that. In the U.S., all the they can they have insight into into the cannabis sales through the software company that they saw record volumes, all time record volumes of cannabis being pushed through all the cannabis players the last fourteen days, seven to fourteen days. So I was actually thinking about maybe throwing some money into just the cannabis ETF. There's that ETF out there. I forget what it's called. Just as like a short term trade. 
right? Yeah. Just because, and, and that information, it isn't necessarily, you know, it's already disseminated. I and mean, people know everybody kind of has a hunch. All the cannabis players are doing well right this second with orders because that's what are people doing. They're at home smoking weed, right? <laughs> just to be honest, a lot of people, not us, but there's a lot of people that are doing that. So it's, it's the cannabis trade is kind of interesting here. And it's something that I'm going to look into more, especially based on that data I got yesterday. Uh, and they have great transparency. Like he told me that like they're seeing like a big part of the U.S. cannabis market through this software vendor. And it's up. It's up quite a bit, like all time record up. I'm just trying to find some uh, cannabis ETFs to uh, see what they're there, doing. there's one big one. There's like it's it's four letters. It's a is it it's Coke? Like a, is it YOLO? Is it THCX? Is it Pot X? THC. I think it might be THCX. You want if you're gonna do it, you got to do so the that's, big that's one. Down forty one percent for the year. That's down seven percent today. So um, these are all these are all way down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Looking at total assets, Toke, T-O-K-E, is, is the biggest on this list. Uh, they only have $761,000, though. So these, these ETFs are That's small. insane. No, no, no. I, no, there's one that's larger. There's definitely one that's larger. And that's the one I'm going to invest in if I do it. Uh, because I don't want to pick one of these. Because these cannabis companies all have really weird balance sheets. They're all kind of at risk, right? And so if you're going to do it, I think you got to do the sector and not pick one because you could get into trouble. You always hear about these cannabis players blowing up. Uh, let's see. Car insurance. We talked about that. Okay. Who, who's log? I said, I said, what about log L O G M? No one's talking about them. Everyone only talking about zoom. Well, we talked about an alternative today, which was log uh, man. if I were to guess it's log man. I don't yeah, know them. Man. They're, oh. they're the, uh, they're they're a, a big one. Um, yeah, I mean, so if you think about it, um, that's how a rem- if you're a remote employee, which a lot of people are right now, that's how the IT team would be able to get onto your computer and uh, you know fix things for you. So wow, so no, I haven't looked at it, but they came down sixteen seventy percent and then went right back up, and they're basically trading right at their all time highs yeah. um, right now. So it's that one, yeah. I mean, I'm not. It's probably a good, solid company. I mean, I don't know how they do how they do bad in this environment, right? The problem is, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's probably good, but when this is all over, they probably also see a lift, right? So it's probably a net positive. But Log Me In is the company that owns Go to Meeting. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So like, they're, they're obvious beneficiary here, right? I think the thing about Zoom, why everyone's talking about Zoom, is that they have this viral aspect to the company that they've gone from basically a small number of clients to 200 million people this month on the platform. And they have all this brand awareness and momentum that <clears throat> they're kind of the hot new players. So like, who do you think when this is, who do they talk about on like wall street bets every weekend, weekend wall street, like all on Reddit, it's going to be zoom, right? And so, to some extent, it's it's a momentum. It's a momentum player as well. But man, they got great branding out of this whole thing. Yeah, they kind of turned into a Kleenex, you know. Uh, yeah, I've never <laughs> even really heard of them before this whole thing. 
you, yeah, you gotta it, respect in it. the same way that WebEx kind of was the way we used to talk about it, and and go to meeting is is another one. Um, Zoom is is the new generation's way of uh, having a teleconference. Uh, Jared Spencer at twelve twenty six. Did we talk about Fleer already? We spent a lot of time talking about them, so you'll have to rewatch this episode when we put it on in about an hour. Uh, we're gonna repost it. We have a lot, and we're gonna be talking about them even more on Monday. Uh, how is flour going for Dumb Money? That was our cannabis trade. We talked about this on Dumb Money. We sold out of flour months ago. Uh, did we end up making money or breaking even or losing a little? I don't. It, it was around breaking. I think even it, it, each of us had a slightly different uh, take on that because we were we were selling it at different times. I ended up making a little bit of money, um, but not anywhere near what we were hoping to do with that. I don't remember if I made money or broke even or lost a little, but it was right in that range. And the reason why we sold is because Flower tried to raise capital early uh, last summer and was unable to raise capital. Uh, to me, that was a huge red flag. And it went from like seven bucks a share down to like three or something like that. And I immediately was like, um, if they can't raise capital, this is like a red flag for the whole industry. Nothing against Flower at all. But um I just said, I'm out of cannabis for right now. And it was probably a good timing move for us to get out of cannabis because, man, has that world gotten rocked since we got out of it. We might get back in at a certain point in time. Markets turn, guys. It's down, Dave. And now I'm feeling like, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like that. I feel like I was all day. You know, I took off most of my short this morning with in the intention of putting it back on if the market started to trade down and I have to be quick on this, otherwise I'll just get, I'm going to lose money every time I do this. Yeah. The, um, uh, the Dow is basically down to unchanged. It's, it's still up um, 0.74%, the S and P up 1%. So we, we haven't completely turned, but it's we're close. Yeah. Hold on. I, I'm, I'm putting my order in right now. <laughs> I'm going to double my short position just up to 20,000 shares of spy. I just doubled it. It, which is still, by the way, like it's still not even close to being hedged fully. That that might be like a 40% hedge on my portfolio right now. Um, but if this thing starts to go negative, the, the sentiment tide. I, listen, you, we all thought this thing should be negative. Today. It's that oil news that's keeping it positive. Yeah. So if the oil so news falls apart. This is the Dow Jones five-day. Let's zoom into just today so we can see that we – this is the beginning of the day. We were up. We were down. We we're up. This is uh, this is what we are experiencing in 2020. There's no stability. So, so Dave, look, guys, before we get off today, I, there's one more thing I want to talk about. I, I actually, me and Lynn talked about this. Uh, yesterday. And by the way, we, we have a record was, number of viewers, I believe, for this channel, which is why uh, we have a spammer who keeps showing up in our uh, feed. Thank you uh, for, for helping hey. me moderate that. But 535 viewers, I think, is our wow. uh, is our peak simultaneous that's awesome thank, thank you guys, you guys for, for watching, watching. please give us that thought those th liking liking this episode means so much for our youtube algorithm please do it but one, one I did, more thing i did I by the way sh i shared this uh to my channel so uh for all the hey there dave here people out there thank you for showing up i also shared it to dumb money we are only on dumb money live now so if you are new to this channel 
Maybe you watched us on the other channel. The other channel is all about uh, startup investing. This is the channel where we talk about our stock market investing. And the only way to do that is to do it live. And we're doing it twice a week. We're doing it Mondays and Thursdays. So subscribe, turn on the bell. We're a new channel. Um, we, we just have over 1,500 subscribers the last I checked. Uh, brand new channel. We'll be around a couple of weeks. Uh, Jordan, Dave. Okay, for those of y'all that don't know, we live in Dallas, Texas, and the area of Dallas that we live in specifically, uh, we we we're fortunate to live in a nice neighborhood. There's a lot of oil guys and a lot of commercial real estate guys. In fact, Dallas is kind of the epicenter of commercial real estate for the United States. I would say that probably uh, a quarter of the dads that I hang out with. Uh, are all commercial real estate reps, and, and I, you know, I make fun of them all the time. Like, let me guess, commercial real estate rep. Uh, but, but we're talking about how the implications of this for a place like Texas. Okay, Texas has been the strongest economy for a very long time. Even when the rest of the country has kind of went into kind of some had some bumps and bruises, Texas has always kind of been better than the rest of the country. Um, but you know, we have low taxes here, but. For both the energy industry to be crashing right now and the commercial real estate industry to be crashing at the same time, what are the implications for Texas? What are the implications for municipalities? Like I was just thinking house prices in our neighborhood have got to come way down. All these guys that are commercial real estate reps, tenant reps is what, we, what they're called. They're going to have a rough few months. Like I really, really feel bad for them. They're going to have a rough few months. I'm worried about layoffs. I'm worried about loss of income. I'm worried about losing some of my very good friends from the neighborhood, quite honestly, because um, I love these guys and their kids or friends of my kids. But, you know, there's going to be, I think, a lot of houses going for sale. Potentially, that's going to bring down real estate values. And in Texas, we don't have a state income tax. So the only way that we generate income is from <laughs> house taxes. And when you bring down the house values, that brings down the taxes that the cities and municipalities bring in, right? And we're operating, now Texas, just so you know, as a whole, it was expecting to generate $5.4 billion in oil taxes this year, right? And then we're gonna put like 1.2 of that in our emergency reserves. Well, that's out the window. They might generate virtually zero. So that's $5 billion shortfall. I think we might be at risk of having municipalities and these municipal bonds that trade, right? There could be some, we don't trade bonds like a lot, but could there be some really interesting bond trades? We might not, we might need to research this. Yeah, we should probably research that. There's also some, you know, company news. Did you see that uh, Marriott had a data breach? Normally these kind of headlines would be all over, but right now there's no room in the news cycle to cover things like this. Zantac has been completely recalled. Um, Zoom, a company that we are hearing a lot about, uh, the FBI is warning about security on Zoom and companies like SpaceX and NASA are banning it. Uh, th there's a phenomenon known as Zoom bombing where you're having a nice, you know, uh, corporate meeting or classroom and in pops a naked person screaming profanities. Zoom bombing is a thing. And that has actually hurt Zoom stock over the last um, couple of days. Well, yeah. Couple of days, exactly. A Zoom meeting, and you don't put a password on it. You deserve to get bombed. Let's put it that way. But they're, they're um, also concerned about end-to-end -end encryption. So right. Zoom claims that their their streams are end-to-end -end encrypted. Um, apparently, NASA says this isn't encrypted enough for us and that Zoom actually has the ability to listen in. So they're no longer using the platform as of right now.
Um, Amazon, did you see um, Amazon has, I mean, this has been going on for a couple of days now, but the uh, workers are having these sick outs at Whole Foods and about half of the workers at some of their warehouses are just refusing to show up. They're having a, they had that walkout in Staten Island. So wait, they, they responded to that though. And now they're giving out masks to employees, right? And they're also doing temperature checks. So, well, and they're yeah. doing, they're doing everything they possibly can and, you know, managing this, you know, the number of people they have working there and, they they're hiring a hundred thousand people. They are giving paid sick leave to people who are sick or potentially sick. They're uh, they've raised the wages for all of their delivery and fulfillment workers by two dollars an hour, which is going to cost the company. But you know they're a big enough company they can they I think they're going to survive um, and thrive after this. But that's I mean there's did you see that um, Lyft is actually referring some of their drivers to jobs at Amazon? There, there's like a partnership there to help fill some of those vacancies with Lyft drivers. They just filled a hundred thousand. I heard they're, they're full now. Wow. Great. They, and, and also, but Lyft is also doing this thing where they are starting to deliver test kits and medical supplies and uh, expanding their services to help the elderly and vulnerable pop populations and a hundred thousand drivers have signed up to be a part of this uh, program. So I think they're only doing that in California so far. Is that correct, Dave? That's what I, that's what I saw, but I think they're trying to expand that to other locales as well. They, they did partner with, I believe, Medicare. They, they partnered with someone in uh, California to, um, to jumpstart that. But there's hey, just a thing, lot going on. Hey, Leon talks about 1234, thoughts on U.S. needing to nationalize more corporation services in this pandemic. I do want to touch on this because I actually tweeted uh, one of my friends, Lee Drogan, uh, founder of Estimize, uh, tweeted something about you know, the government just needs to, to, to handle the backstop here. Companies shouldn't be real, uh, accountable for having to work their way through something like this. And I get that's where we are now, kind of. But I kind of disagree. I think long term. Every company that is of a certain size or has existed for a certain long enough period of time that's a mature company, I think has the ability and should be mandated to pass a stress test, especially if they're taking out any debt. The same thing we do for banks, I think the government needs to mandate for any company that's taking out any level, any degree of debt. What that means is I think, listen, my restaurant, we've done a good job. We have not made any distributions in the last nine months, basically, except for a couple little exceptions. We have enough money to withstand, you know, a few months of going with zero revenue. I think going forward that we know this is a risk now. We should not have to rely on the government to backstop every company in America. If you take out debt, you should be required then to keep a certain reserve Right. No matter, especially if you're an airline or, you know, one of these companies like that are too big to fail, like they could have all have kept more on reserve rather than giving all these buy, share buybacks and distributions. That is something that needs to happen. It needs to happen. Like when we come out of this, I know it won't happen because the government is weak and they're not going to push it. But if we did that, you know how much better prepared we would be for whatever the next pandemic. It doesn't even be, it could be, it could be war. It could be anything that happens in the next 30, 40 years. Right. And it won't take our country down because we can all withstand four to five months of nothing because we prepared for it. And every company has a little mini war chest. You know what? Maybe we make a little less money because a little less dividends for a while. So the company can get fill those reserves up, but that's just, 
we're paying for it. If we don't pay for it that way, the government's paying for it, and then we're all paying for it. And the government is inefficient at, at, at being a backstop. We've learned that now. They're inefficient, right? Like right now, they're giving $1,200 checks to everybody, even people that are fully employed, right? The government, it'd be more efficient if the companies were forced to do it on their own over time in a systematic way. So I just, I just want to say that that would be, if I were president, that would be my mandate. And that's how we fix this for the future, but it won't happen. Is, is this you announcing your uh, candidacy for 2024? I told you, <laughs> I can, I told Drew on our text stream the other day, he's like, you like, no, I can't trade if I'm president. I can't not trade. Are you out of your mind? That just disqualifies me immediately. You want to talk about uh, Restoration Hardware? That's a company that has been beaten down and that um, I I actually, uh, I think I sold some puts or something on, yeah, on Restoration. Yeah, I bought it. I bought it because I love it. I love the company. I have no idea if I bought it, you know, if it's going to go down more or not. But it's just, it, I feel like it's a company I want to have in my long-term, call it permanent portfolio, you know, that I'm going to have this stock for years, not months. And so I figured one, one's, I never owned it. And I bought it. What did we buy that, Jordan? Was it like it? I bought it. You bought it before I did. I bought it around ninety. I think you bought it in the eighties. Eighties. Yeah. Where's it now? Is it? Did we lose money on that so far? Ish. They yeah. have. So it went up to one hundred and five, and then they had earnings, um, and the earnings were, you know, less than impressive. Nothing terrible, but you know, just they had a, a bad month and uh, withdrew guidance. So it's just, yeah. kind of, it's just kind of chopping around now. So does I, guidance even matter at this point? And should any company even have guidance? Well, they're all pulling it, right? Yeah. I mean, that's probably the prudent thing to do. Um, yeah. You can't have guidance now. Yeah. And, and and truthfully, you're 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 not trading on anyone's guidance anyway, right now. You're trading on what you this is when it this is when there's massive mispricing in the market because everything is up to us. Everything is up to the investor to figure it out on our own, right? You can't trust anyone else. What do we think about delivery companies? UPS, FedEx, Amazon. I mean, I, I, I kind of, I, I like, I, I like delivery here, but they're already really high, right? Didn't they come all the way back up? So it's kind of, it's one of those trades where can we bring something different to the table that investors don't already know? Probably and my, not. My delivery play, my only delivery play is Amazon. They, they're delivering the world right now, and using other carriers when they have to, but, um, they're, yeah. And their web services division is the, the main reason to be in them right now. Yeah. I listen, like I, I, I get, I, I feel the same way, Dave. I, I get exposure to delivery through Amazon and Amazon, everything they do is killing it from AWS to grocery to, you know, just everything else delivery. So that that's my delivery play. Um, more trust in Amazon than UPS long-term or FedEx. All right, guys. Uh, uh, oh, by the way, guys, uh, yes, yeah, Sunoco, we, we just don't do energy. Energy is not our thing, kind of like crypto. Anything about it. Oh, financial, same thing, Capital One. Not really our thing, guys. Uh, you know, I think Wall Street does an okay job analyzing financials and energy companies. It's kind of what they're better at. They kind of stink at everything else. So we, 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 we focus on things that Wall Street – it is it is is not uh, geared towards towards analyzing correctly, right? They're good at just a few things. We we focus on retail sectors. We focus on e-commerce. We focus on things that Wall Street tends to be a little bit behind and slow uh, to to see trends unfold. 
All right, guys, we're done. Uh, what are you doing for the weekend? Are you guys? Are you guys? So you guys going to be kind of a count neutral to long? I am one hundred percent neutral going into the weekend. Uh, I've been neutral for two days now, and that's where I'm going to stay. What about you? So by say, by saying that, it means that you're willing to miss out if there's a huge move up in the market, but you're not going to get hurt if there's a huge move down in the market. Yes. And my overall sentiment is the market will go down before it goes up. And I'm just not wanting to sell my long positions because these are long-term holdings for me that I plan to keep for forever. I've temporarily put the brakes on with uh, a short that isn't really 100% covering my portfolio, but it's um, it's about where I want to be. I'm 30 to 50% co- uh, short hedge right now, uh, so I'm long, right? I'm just not as long as I could be. And I think I'll, pro- there's, I'll probably stay around that level going to the weekend, somewhere between 25 and 50% hedge on my account going into the weekend, I bet is where I'll be. And that will change based on the three drivers that we talked about. If anything changes between now and end of day tomorrow, Jordan, Jordan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm so I'm the part of my portfolio that's actually in the market is long, and then uh, I've got my shopping list and uh, you know, wallet full of money to go buy stuff. Basically, you could are be you, you, you could be thirty percent more long by the time this is over. Is what you're saying? Oh yeah. So are you 20% cash, 50% cash, 5% cash? What what is your how how much in the market are you right now? 35 to 40% cash? So conservative. That's that so conservative. <laughs> yeah. It's so conservative. I love it. I love it. It's just, you know, it's Jordan, I, mean, I, could, I could end up dropping a good amount of money on stocks. Yeah. I bet he'll come out of this 50 less than 50% cash. Uh, which is which would be more which would make sense because remember cash is going to stink after this yeah. is over with right? It's yeah, stink. I'll, I'll put it down to like ten percent cash. Yeah, with, with that with that with that with six trillion coming into the market, you don't want to be in cash. When Jordan is ten percent cash, Chris will probably be two hundred percent margin. <laughs> that's, 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 that's kind of our. I'll, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent in. Jordan will be ten percent cash, and Chris yeah. will be two hundred percent margin. You know, uh, 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 st- just one quick story before we end. I don't know if you remember this. My days when I was living in L.A., working at a car dealership selling cars. Me and Lynn were at the Santa Monica BMW uh, in L.A. I'll never forget. I had uh, all of my accounts fully margined, okay? And then I was using the margin. Uh, no, no, no. I had all my credit cards maxed out <laughs> using the credit cards in my stock, Into the, the cash, account. cash advances, cash advance on my credit card in my brokerage account, margined out and full out levered with, with options and lost it all. God, I mean, I mean, I, that was back way back in the day. We're talking... 30, 28 years ago, 26, five years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago, right? But And it took you how many how many years or decades years. to recover it, it, from that? It was, it, it was like a long time. No, the, the best thing about that was it wasn't that much money in the grand picture of things today. But to, at the time, it was all the money the in the time, world. To you, times it was four, right? <laughs> so uh, it took me a few years to get back, but whatever. That's a great story. Before we go, also, please do remember to smash the like button. It really helps us out with the YouTube algorithm. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe to both channels. We are, um, I guess... We had a new episode really- on Dumb Money. Didn't we have a new... We, you finally finished editing. Last the week, we did. Up. We did post that new episode, and it has an update on our uh, what we're doing with our startup companies. So that's awesome. 
Uh, be sure you check that out. And we're planning another episode for the original Dumb Money channel. We're going to be checking in on some of our investments. We're going to we're going to do a Zoom meeting with a bunch of company founders to see how our investments are holding up in this crisis. And that's good for traders too. Like if you're on this channel because you trade stocks, you should definitely subscribe to our normal Dumb Money because that episode alone as a trader to see firsthand what these small business owners, what they're actually doing, how their cash is looking, what their confidence level is, um, I think will be beneficial for trading as well. Absolutely. And you should also check out my other channel, Hey There Dave here, because I have a new video coming out. As soon as I finish editing it, I shot it yesterday and I'm answering. I had 98 questions come in when I posted a little Ask Me Anything. So I'll be answering as many of those as possible. Uh, if you listen to podcasts, you can catch up on all of our live episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, anything else. Thank you guys so much for watching. Please stay home, stay healthy, stay safe. I'm Dave Hansen for Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. We'll see you next time.